0: Hey there, sorry we got disconnected.
1: Oh, uh, no worries, it's all good.
0: I don't know how it happened, so let's start again. Let's start all over. So uh, welcome again to the um, Patriots, Lakers, Dodgers, and Rams podcast. This is season one, episode 10 of it. Uh, I'm happy to ha- welcome uh, James Fitzpatrick to, to, to being a guest on my podcast each week. So James, tell me about yourself, and then before, then, we'll get, before that, we'll get started.
1: Uh for sure. So yeah, my name's James. Uh, I'm one of the content promoters over at Sport Talk. Uh, you can find me at uh, Snizmo nineteen. It's my username on it. No, I'm a big fan of like hockey, baseball, football, basketball. I cover all of them on there. Uh, as for my teams, uh, I like uh, for baseball I like Lakers for basketball, football I like Patriots and Raiders. And then for hockey, I like Maple Leafs and the Bruins. Those are the most of the teams I pay attention to. but I'm also paying attention to uh, a lot of, like the sports news just in general for like the L.A., Boston, Toronto areas, and then uh, for me personally, I've played hockey a lot. I Played hockey over in my college, for my club team, and then also played baseball a bit too in high school when I was younger.
0: That's cool. So I, um, I mean, hockey's kind of a rough sport, but the purpose of you being a guest on my podcast is both ta- is just talking about baseball, basketball, and football because I've been a fan of those all my life and being a Dodger fan all my life too, along being a Laker fan. And I just, I follow the Rams, but mostly in football, a Patriots fan. So um, let's talk about the Dodgers first. So um, I think the Dodgers are better off with the Austin Barnes and Kyle Palmer du- duo splitting the catching duties until Ruiz and Smith already. What do you think about that? But there's also been rumors about the Dodgers signing Bryce Harper, trading Real Muto. I just don't see either of those happening.
1: Yeah, at least for now, I don't really think that Harper is probably a realistic option. I mean, I know he's been rumored to the Dodgers, but I feel like unless you see some tr- trade with like Puig and Kemp and all of them leaving, like I don't think Harper's probably coming here. Uh, I think the Real Mutual trade's a little bit more realistic uh, just because they have more of a need for a catcher than an outfielder. I know that their asking price room is probably pretty high. Like I'd prefer the Dodgers to not trade someone like Bellinger or Verdugo or someone like that. So uh, I, don't, I, I prefer real, I mean, even though Harper's better, I think just for the sake of the Dodgers' stamp, I prefer real Mucho. I think he's probably just makes more sense for their lineup. And then uh, as for the catchers right now, I think uh, probably just stick with Barnes and Farmers when they do this for now. Because I think that they can always just start the year out with that and then just see how it goes. And then maybe like towards the trade deadline or a little bit earlier, if that's not really working out, they can always go look and trade for a catcher. But uh, unless they can get a decent catcher out of free agency, because I know Grandall. I don't know how much he wants to come back, but I think he's probably the best option out there. But I was thinking maybe Grandal or even Roy if they can get him. I think he'd be good for the next year or two up until uh, Kyber Ruiz and Will Smith already.
0: I can agree with that, but I think I'm open to the Dodgers bringing back Grandal, but at the right price. But I see the Dodgers signing Roy as a good short-term catcher until Ruiz and Smith already. But I don't see the Dodgers trading Real Muto. I don't see the Dodgers signing Harper because I predict Bryce Harper is going to team up, team up with uh, Manny Machado to join the Chicago White Sox.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's like the same thing. I think Roy also is probably the cheaper option out of the two. Uh, yeah, like being grandall, one of the better catchers out there, is probably going to ask for a lot. And I'm not even 100 sure if the Dodgers totally want to bring him back. But uh, as for Harper, I also think he's pr- – I don't know. He, I think he might go to the Cubs, to be honest. That's what I thought originally, like, before this offseason began, just because, like, he had been growing up with Chris Bryant, they played, I think it was the same teams. I can't remember. So, like, they grew up together, I know. And that, especially with the season the Cubs just had last year. I honestly thought that they were one of the better teams in the NFL them just losing the wild card game. I think that they're probably looking to try to make some reinforcements to that team so they can be back to the dominant team they were, like, a year or two ago.
0: I kind of disagree with Harvard of the Cubs because the Cubs have – already somehow are over the luxury tax and the White Sox have a lot of money to spend. So that's why I see Harper and uh, Machado joining the White Sox and helping out this young core. And I think how I see the White Sox outfield: I see Eloy Jimenez in left field, who I think is going to be a candidate to be AL rookie of the year. Um, Adam Engel is a solid center fielder. And then you put Harper in right. That's how I see the White Sox outfield looking like.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a solid outfield. Like the my only concern about Harper with the White Sox is because I don't know, I feel like Harper maybe he'd want to play for contender. Like I know the White Sox are like they're more of a young team, like they're up on the rise, but that was my only concern. But yeah, like if the White Sox are able to pay him, I like I definitely could see it and then like Machado's already said he's gonna meet with the White Sox too, so if both of them can team up there, like the White Sox to be a dominant team
0: in the future. I think so. I think the White Sox are ready to compete, but I also think the Dodgers shouldn't trade Ross Stripling for Francisco Cervelli because Cervelli is old. Um, it didn't work out when we traded Logan Forsyth a, a year ago or so, but I think the Dodgers are better off with Ross Stripling. And then I also think Joe Kelly should be the setup man to Kenley Jansen. Don't you agree with all that?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with both of those. I think, stri- I don't really think it's worth trading Striplings for Cervelli just because I think Stripling means more to the team than if they were to lose him and then just have Cervelli. because um, I think they'd also be better off with Farmer and uh, Barnes splitting than having Cervelli. And then even for Stripling, uh, I think he could be a solid reliever for the Dodgers still. Like, he was an all-star for him last year. And then uh, even if, like, pitchers start getting injured, he's always a great option to fill in there. And then uh, for Joe Kelly as well, yeah, I think he'd be the setup man. I think, realistically, that's probably best role for him. Uh I'm not totally sure on this, but I think when he was on the Red Sox, he, like, set up Craig Kimberlough too, so – are uh, you be able to fit in well with the Dodgers and you should be able to be successful in that bullpen?
0: I would agree with that because I think Joe Kelly is going to be a success to the Dodgers bullpen. Um, I think uh, – I, I totally agree that the Dodgers will not trade Stripling for Cervelli. I expect Ross Stripling to be either a long reliever for the Dodgers or a high leverage reliever. And I see the Dodgers better off splitting the catching duties with Austin Barnes and Kyle Farmer. But I'm also open to the Dodgers signing Jonathan Lucroy or keeping Yasmani Grandal.
1: Yeah, any of those options also would seem good to me. They all seem like they could work.
0: And my next breakout star on the Dodgers, I'm going with Alex Verdugo because I think he can emulate what Walker Bueller did last year, what Max Muncy did last year. I expect Alex Verdugo to be that next breakout star on the Dodgers because I see a lot of potential in him, someone that I'm excited about. And I think Alex Verdugo is going to be a great fit for this Dodgers lineup for years to come and this outfield. And I expect Alex Verdugo to start in left field along with Bellinger and center and Puig and right.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. I uh, I originally picked Peterson to start out in left field, but I do think – I mean, if Verdugo has a good spring training, I think they're going to give to him just because he's younger and – I don't know. I think Peterson, we kind of know what he is by now. And, like, if they're only going to use him, like, certain games, I think Verdugo is probably more likely to get more starts. And then he's pretty much already proven in AAA that he can be solid there. I think he's ready for the MLB, honestly.
0: I honestly agree. So, I predict the Dodgers' everyday players will be Alex Verdugo, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, and Yasiel Puig, and TK Hernandez. But with catcher Austin Barnes and Kyle Farmer, splitting those duties
1: yeah that's what i'm thinking too i think for it was for my position players i have it all i got barnes catching i got muncie at first taylor at second Seagret short turner at third and then my outfield at least for opening day i have peterson belger and puig and then on my bench i got kike freeze verdugo kemp and farmer
0: i don't have verdugo on the bench i have verdugo starting in left field though if you agree with me
1: yeah, yeah. I'll just say, like, opening day, maybe. But, I mean, uh, I mean, it can also, I think, like, of all the positions, that's probably the one that picks most up for grabs. Like, I see either of them getting
0: it. And I also sent you my top five breakout players, besides Alex Verdugo and Julio Urias. I think Scott Alexander is going to have a much better year next season than he did last year. Because Scott Alexander had a very rough first year. And the, the thing was, it was his command that was killing him all year last year.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think he'll be better this year. I think, uh, I don't, I think now they, like, they probably won't have to rely on him as much maybe this year, and maybe that could take some pressure off of him. But, yeah, I definitely think he'll be still have definitely do a better job this year.
0: So how I so, – so the next breakout star for me is Alex Verdugo, and I think the Dodgers shouldn't trade Kemp and Wood to the Reds for Homer Bailey and cash in generations. I think the Dodgers should be better off in just eating up the salary that Kemp owes in his final year of his contract, and then the Dodgers spend money next season, next offseason.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, I know they want to maybe get rid of Kemp for the sake of the salary, but, like, I don't know. I still feel like he's honestly pretty good. Like, I mean, I know he's, like, for what he's doing, and maybe it isn't worth the salary, but, like, especially in the beginning of the year when they had the injuries, like, he was honestly huge for them. And then even, like, down towards the end of the year, like, when you pinch him and stuff like that, he had some clutch hits. and. Like, yeah, it's obviously expensive. Yeah, I think they're better off just
0: keeping them and just
1: working with it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I have my predictions of the 25-man roster to begin the 2019 season. So I have right now Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, Hill, Maeda, Stripling, Wood, Alexander, Baez, Floro, Kelly, and Jansen because I see Josh Fields and Tony Cingrani getting traded before the season starts. Uh, Julio Urias is on an innings limit after coming off a – Major shoulder injury that he suffered in 2017 that cost him to miss the majority of the 2018 season. And for the position players, I have Barnes, Farmer, Muncie, Kike, Seeger, Turner, freeze Taylor, Verdugo, Bellinger, Puy, Kemp, and Peterson. And what are yours?
1: Yeah, well, actually are obviously pretty close. For the starters, I had kershaw bueller view hill and then maeda i actually originally thought wood was going to be their fifth starter then i think it was uh dave or someone at the meeting said like maeda would be the fifth starter so that pretty much confirms that and then for my bullpen because of that i have alex Wood, stripling bias alexander and then actually had urias instead of uh what was it all oh, flora and then i got kelly or kelly and jansen and then for my position players uh was, I think, yeah, it was just the same as I had mentioned before. I think we had the exact same players, just Pearson Verdugo just flipped for me.
0: Yeah, I think um, I would like, I think Caleb Ferguson's going to have a chance to compete for that bullpen or starting spot, but I think it's better off since he's, despite his age at 21, I think it's better off that Caleb Ferguson will get some triple A reps as a reliever so that he gets the experience. And then when called upon, he'll be ready. And, Arias is on an innings limit, so I expect him to be in the rotation at some point next season. But, but you never know because of injuries and all that. They might need him sooner rather than later.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely agree. I think they're probably going to keep Urias on a innings limit this year and see how it goes. I don't think they can – I mean, I'm hoping they can have him as a starter for most of the year if that's what they're looking for. But, I mean, probably better to keep it safe and sorry, just in his injuries. I wouldn't want to risk anything
0: else with him. What about Caleb Ferguson? Do you see him competing for a reliever spot on the Dodgers roster? Do you see him making the opening game roster, or do you think he needs a little experience down in A because of his age, 21 and all that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he could. It's just that for the relievers they already have, I don't really know if he'd beat out any of them. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, he's 21, so he's probably better off just maybe just staying in Triple A. don't think that's going to really hurt his growth that much really. And- I'm sure injuries will come up, and he'll probably be one of the first ones they call up. anyway, it's like we'll definitely see him in a Dodgers uniform eventually this year. I just don't know if he'll be at the start.
0: Yeah, with Caleb, uh, it was unexpected because there were so many injuries to the Dodgers last year, and he became that unsung hero in that Dodger bullpen. But now, it wouldn't hurt his growth for him to start the year in AAA just to, to continue to gain that experience and growth. It wouldn't hurt his growth, but Caleb, I think, has a future with the Dodgers.
1: Not for sure, yeah. I do, too.
0: But I also predict, moving on to the lineup that I predict, I predict Alex Verdugo will lead off, and Corey Seeger will bat second. Justin Turner will hit third. Cody Bellinger will hit fourth. Yasiel Puig will hit fifth. Max Muncy hit sixth. Then P.K. Hernandez hit seventh, and Austin Barnes bats eighth on my line of projection for the Dodgers to begin the 2019 season. What are yours?
1: Yeah, mine are actually pretty similar. I got... I got Peterson leaving, leading off. I got Seeger second, Turner third, Bellinger fourth. I got Muncy fifth, Puig sixth, Taylor seventh, Barnes eighth, and obviously I was pitching ninth. And then I think if Verdugo does start over Peterson, then I'd say I'd probably put – at least for the beginning, I'd probably put Taylor leading off. That would just stick Verdugo in the seventh spot. And then Verdugo plays well. That would just flip Taylor back to seven, put Verdugo leading off.
0: I just expect Alex Verdugo to be our lead off hitter to begin the season. What you said about Jock leading off, I don't see the Dodgers starting Jock Peterson on opening day because I know Jock Peterson is not an everyday player. He's more of a platoon player. That's why I think Alex Verdugo is going to be the opening day left fielder because I think he'll lead off because I think with Verdugo, I really like the appearance and discipline he has when he's at the batter's box. And I think he's going to be in contention to be rookie of the year.
1: Yeah, I actually agree. Yeah, if Verdugo does play well, he definitely could. That'd also be pretty sick for like, what, like the fourth straight year? I think the Dodgers have someone in Rookie of the Year contention. That'd be pretty cool. But then with Peterson, yeah, he's a really streaky player. Like, like when he's like playing well, he's honestly such a clutch player and he's been huge for them. And like when he's not really playing, as well, like, yeah, it can be, it can be kind of rough to watch sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I expect Alex Verdugo to be an everyday player for the Dodgers in the upcoming season because I I expect Alex Verdugo to have a great spring training.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think he's gonna like take that next step up and really prove that he belongs on his team.
0: I agree, because I he's someone that I'm excited about, and as I get as I told you before. My, everyday player, my predictions of who I, who I believe is going to be an everyday player for the Dodgers is going to be Verdugo, Seeger, Turner, Bellinger, Puig, and Muncy, and Kike. And I see Chris Taylor getting some starts in center field. Matt Kemp starting once a week. David Freese starting once a week. Kyle Farmer will start if Barnes needs a breather, or if you want to put Austin Barnes at second base, and then you put Farmer behind the plate.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps a lot of first-top players. Like, you can have Bellinger. You can play first or center. Monsi can play, like, first, second, third, if need be. And then, yeah, even Taylor. Pretty much put him almost anywhere, it seems like. And
0: same with Kike, too. I think Kike has settled into having an everyday role because I think is a guy like, hey, I want to be in the lineup every day. I don't want to be a guy that is starts against lefties. And he showed that last year with the way he improved on his hitting mechanics and the home run total. But I think Kike is still going to continue that progress to get better. And I think his batting average is going to get better this year.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I do, too. So he definitely showed his power off last year, too. I thought he did great in that. Like, it's almost too bad I can't have Kike catch, but I don't think that's going to happen, probably.
0: That's why I think Kike's going to be in the everyday lineup, and that's why I expect him to be at second base every day.
1: Yeah, he definitely could fit in there. I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, since – um. That's how I see the Dodgers lineup, and I see how the second base position is going to be sorted out. I don't see the Dodgers going out there and getting a free agent at second base because I see Kike and Taylor and Muncie splitting the duties at second base. Austin Barnes can play second base too, but I'm choosing Kike Hernandez to be the everyday second baseman for the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, I I originally picked Taylor, but I mean, yeah, I can see that happening too. But yeah, I also don't think they're, they should get a second base. Like, I know they were linked to talking to D.J. LeMahieu, but I really also think they're fine with like, the options they have at second base. I don't really think they need to go – I think like they have other needs more than so than second base.
0: That's why I think Kike should – that's why I expect Kike Hernandez to start at second base to begin the season. Because yeah. this is how I have my Dodgers depth chart to begin the 2019 season. I have Austin Barnes starting at catcher, then Max Muncie at first. Kike at second, Seeger at short, Turner at third, Verdugo in left, Bellinger in center, and Puig in right.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what I think I'm looking at, too, along those lines. So
0: then, what were you saying again?
1: Oh, no, sorry. I was just saying, like, yeah, I think that's pretty much what it look like, too.
0: And then when you put the lineup against lefties, I still think regardless of this, Alex Verdugo leads off, but I also could see – but I also see Chris Taylor getting in there once in a while, so – so that um, you still keep Verdugo and left on those occasions and put Bellinger first against lefties. But but 100% of the time, I expect Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger in the lineup every day.
1: Right, I, I do too. They especially like need that power too.
0: Yeah, with Muncy having the power, and um, I see the Dodgers being creative against lefties, but I still think regardless, Alex Verdugo is the leadoff hitter for the Dodgers.
1: But, yeah, if he plays, he definitely can. I think he's capable of it.
0: I I think so, too. But, moving on. So, with the Lakers, do you think they're better off preserving their young core? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think that – uh, I, I think it happened just because, like, the NBA players are always going to trade it. But, uh, at least for now, I think they're better off keeping their young core. Like, I would really only make a trade or, like, let go of them just if they're, like, getting star players back. Like, along the lines of, like, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, or someone like that, no – like, more so for this year, I don't really think they're expected to win the title, just because it's probably, like, the Warriors, teams like those, they're probably still the favorites, but I think, like, next year, that's when they should really start looking, see if they can make a case for the title, just because I'm assuming, like, the Warriors probably, I mean, I don't think Cousins is coming back regardless, but, uh, the rest of that core of them, with, uh, Draymond, Steph, Clay, and, uh, Durant, I feel like at least one of those is probably gonna head out soon, so, um, yeah, I think we keep their young core, but, uh, I would only trade them just if I think, like, the right deal
0: comes along and it's a smart decision. I kind of think the Lakers will preserve their young core and um, who I think is off-limits in trade talks out of their young core. It's going to be Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. Those four guys I mentioned are off-limits in trade talks. Everybody else is expendable.
1: Yeah, that's actually exactly who I had written down to. I ranked it, like, a, I mean, it also depends on the trade, but I ranked it as, I think, like, Ingram is probably who they want to protect the most, then followed by Ball, then Kuzma or Hart. But then I think you'd honestly flip Ball or Kuzma depending on the trade, just because, like, I also think, like, for all the criticism, you guys think Lonzo Ball is honestly fine. And, like, especially where, like, the Lakers feel like they might try to go after more players who are shooters, kind of like Josh Hart. I feel like, like, it's better to have Lonzo because he's, like, that better passer. Whereas with Kuzma, I feel like he's more like like a LeBron type of player, like, driving to the hoop, kind of along those lines.
0: Yeah, I think, I think. I think who's off limits in trade talks, to, to your point, is Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, and Hart. Those guys are off limits in trade talks. And I kind of think the Lakers are playoff bound, but depending on the West, we will see, we have to wait and see what happens.
1: But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like, especially with the West, like, they're all so close. And, I mean, you got teams like the Kings, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies who are in playoff positions. It seems like the Rockets who aren't. And, I mean... Like, anything can happen. I think it's going to come down to – I mean, I think the Lakers will get in, but I think, like, just in general, it's probably going to come down to the very end of the season.
0: Um, To your point there, I kind of – I kind of want to play it safe here. I think San Antonio and Houston will definitely be in the playoffs, but I think the Lakers – it's going to come down to that eighth spot for them to make the playoffs by season's end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think teams like Spurs, the Rockets are going to figure it out and get back into the playoffs. They're too good not to.
0: Because right now, I don't care about what people say if the playoffs started today. I just care about the process now. And I kind of think the Spurs and the Rockets are definitely going to be back in the playoffs this year. But I think the Lakers, it's going to be tough for them to get in at season's end. That's why I think I'm playing it safe here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say, I mean, I think the Lakers will get in. But I wouldn't say they're like a lock to get in. Like, anything can happen. Like, the Lakers are still a young team, I mean. I mean, like, they just lost to, like, the Wizards the other day. And, like, they've had, like, competitive games against other teams. So, like, really anything can happen. Just have to wait and see.
0: As of right now, I just don't see the Lakers a lock in the playoffs. I think they're going to contend for a championship for another two to three years. But right now, they're not a lock to make it to the playoffs right now.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I definitely don't think – I mean oh – I'm sorry. I definitely think that, like, with this season, like, all their players are just going to keep improving. I mean, as long as LeBron keeps doing what he's doing, I, I think they'll be fine in the long run.
0: I I agree. And then, moving on to some football, um, do you think the Rams are going to be the favorites to uh, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I think so. I definitely think uh, it's probably going to be either them or the Saints, at least, I think, in my opinion. Because I, I, mean, I know the Rams have had, like, a tough few games, but I think there's in general, I think they also have more talent than the Saints and that I think they're just like a better overall team. I think like especially with like with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley and those guys, like they can just take over at any point really. But uh I yeah, I, I do think the Rams are still the favorites. The only problem I'd see is uh that if it got to the playoffs between the two, if the Saints had home field, I think I'd maybe lean towards them, but I think just in general, I think the Rams probably Yeah, I still think they're the favorites.
0: I kind of want to play it safe here. Um, I follow the Rams, but I kind of think the New Orleans Saints should be the top spot in the NFC, especially tonight. They're playing the Monday Night game, and I think with the Rams, they got a very good, talented team. But I just think experience wise, they're not there just yet. But I think I think the Rams are going to be great. They're going to be a great football team for quite a long time.
1: No, definitely, I do too. They have a really good right future ahead of them. And also, I was looking at their schedules, and like, the Rams like game against the Cardinals and the Niners, whereas the Saints, they got Panthers tonight, and then the Steelers and the Panthers again. Like I mean, like, anything can happen, but like, I think the Rams probably have the easier schedule out of the two, so maybe that could be in their favor.
0: I could agree with that, but sorry this is off-topic, but back to baseball for a little bit. The Dodgers hired Tim Nivert. If you know who he is, he's hired to be their broadcaster for the Dodgers. I just found that out this morning when I woke up.
1: Oh, okay. I actually didn't know that.
0: Because it was a request for Charlie Stanner. So, sorry to tell you that. Oh, I thought it was all good. So, now it's back to back to football with the Rams. So, do you think the Cooper Cup injury has affected the Rams' play?
1: Uh, I think it has a little bit. I mean, I think they obviously were like better off having them in the lineup than without. I mean, you still got guys like Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. I mean, I still think they're solid options. And uh, like, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't, I not really watched the Rams a ton, just because they're not really one of my teams. But um, I don't know if you would know this, like Josh Reynolds. I guess he's been like kind of their third receiving option. Like, I haven't, I don't really know. Like, if he, if he's been okay, I think they'll be all right. But I mean, like, yeah, they obviously would be much better with Cooper Cup in the lineup. I think.
0: I would agree that, but. I think Jared Goff and Aaron Donald are MVP worthy. And I also think that um, that McVay and Goff are the next Brady and Belichick.
1: Yeah, no, they definitely are both MVP worthy. I if I had to predict, I think it's probably going to go to Patrick Mahomes, I think. I mean, both of them probably, I think, will definitely be in the conversation. Then, uh, yeah, as for McVay and Goff being the next Brady and Belichick, uh, it's still early to tell, I think, at least in my opinion. Like, I see all uh, like, this year and next year goes how they do in the playoffs like i guess my only concern would be just because like the afc east just at least the last i don't know 15 20 years like, it's just been a lot easier than the nfc west whereas teams like the seahawks like they've typically always been competitive and the, and the yeah niners and the cardinals aren't on the greatest years this year especially garoppolo getting injured that's really helped the niners but like, i think the nfc is a bit more competitive division and also, just the NFC just in general, I think it's been a little bit better than the AFC. So, I mean, it definitely going be hard. But, I mean, like, as for the NFC team, I think they have the brightest future just because, I mean, like, even though Saints are good now, like, Breeze is kind of getting older. Like, Packers at Rodgers, I don't know what's going on there. And then, yeah, I don't know how, like, Panthers, teams like that, they're going to be doing.
0: Oh, so, to- going back to a couple games we're looking forward to, talk about a game that you're looking forward to for the Lakers in December and also – Talk about the top two games you're looking forward to for
1: the Rams. Um, For the Lakers, uh, I actually had two because tomorrow they're playing the Nets. So, like, I mean, I think they're probably going to win that game. But uh, I just thought it would be interesting because D'Angelo Russell playing him again. But, uh, yeah, I think obviously the Christmas Day match, I think that's the big one against the Warriors. That will be a good test for them to see if they compare with them, especially in Gold State too. So, I think those would be two good games to see.
0: I'm with you on that one because tomorrow when the Lakers play the Nets, I'm looking forward to seeing how D'Angelo Russell plays against the Lakers. Kind of, I think the Nets are kind of a good rebuilding team. And then next Tuesday, the Lakers having a test with the Golden State Warriors. I think that's going to be a great test to see if the Lakers can keep up with the Warriors. But I think it's going to be a close contest next Tuesday.
1: No, yeah, it's only going to be a of competitive game. i really looking forward to it too. It'll be interesting.
0: And uh, the last two games of the season for the Rams, do you think they're going to beat the Cardinals and the 49ers?
1: Yeah, I think they will. I don't think those will be too difficult, to be completely honest. Just because, like, Cardinals are probably one of the worst teams in the NFL this year and the 49ers. Like, I mean, never say never. They could, but I feel like the Rams are probably fine. I don't think the Cardinals and I are going to be really trying that much either. But they might be looking more towards getting a higher draft pick, honestly.
0: Yeah, and uh, by the way, we'll talk about the team that you and I both like is the New England Patriots, and I think they're still the favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Do you agree with that?
1: No, yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, I know it's been tough these last two weeks just because the loss yesterday to Steelers and that last minute loss to the Dolphins like those were pretty tough. And I also thought they were going to win both those games, but uh, yeah. Besides them, like the only real threat I see is the Chiefs. I mean, they've been unreal with Mahomes, but I mean, they just lost Kareem Hunt, so that's going to hurt them. But I think it's ultimately going to come down to one of them two teams. Like, the only other team I'd really be nervous about is the Ravens, just because historically the Ravens always play the Patriots well, like, no matter who they have for some reason. But yeah, like, other teams, I mean, like, I know they lost the Titans, but, like, teams like the Titans, the Texans, uh, Steelers, like, I'm not really too, too worried about them, to be honest.
0: I still think, I still expect the Patriots to get that first round bye.
1: But, yeah, I do too. I think because of the next games I guess the Bills and the Jets, I believe. Like, I think they'll win both those games. You know, I think it's the Texans. I think think it's the Texans. They have the second spot. I don't know if they'll – I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know if they'll win. I kind
0: of think the Texans will beat the Eagles.
1: Okay, yeah. I think they probably will too. I I know the Eagles just beat the Rams, but –
0: No, no, no. I I, I think the Eagles will beat the Texans, going back to what I said, because I wanted to help the Patriots.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I see what you mean.
0: Because I think that's – that's, that's what I think there by looking at it. When I look at the, the, the Week 16 game, I predict the uh, Texans to lose to the uh, Eagles just to be safe, to help out my Patriots a little bit. But I also, I, I also like the Texans, too, because of the former Patriots. I'm also a huge fan of Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, J. Divian Clowney, and also DeAndre Hopkins.
1: No, yeah. Tell yourself, definitely do have a solid team. Like It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like a second. Like, I'm obviously, room for the Pats, but, uh, yeah, it's been tough after these last two losses.
0: I think the Patriots will be fine. I don't, I, I think they're gonna, they're gonna be fine in the playoffs, regardless if they're the one or two seed. They're gonna get that first round bye, regardless. But I see the Chiefs losing the next three games, but what I want is home field advantage for the Patriots. I still think that's still in play.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, they're definitely gonna need the Chiefs to lose some games, but, uh, yeah, Kansas City is a tough place to play in, but uh, as long as if they as long as they have home field advantage, then I do I do think that'll make them the favorites.
0: And do you think Tom Brady's
1: the goat? Oh yeah, for sure. I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Honestly, he's probably one of the greatest football players too. And like, I mean, his record just speaks for itself. Like, he already has the five rings, and every year just continues Looking to dominate.
0: Ring. You know how obsessed he is for that six ring.
1: Yeah, I know. I thought he was gonna have it last year too. I was kind of upset.
0: But that sixth ring got denied because of the Eagles getting lucky in the Super Bowl. But I'm sure Brady's going to want to get that sixth ring this year.
1: But, yeah, definitely. I think so, too. And I mean, I mean, they're, I, mean I know they haven't, like, locked up a spot yet. But, I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. And, like, I, I think you when know, it's all then they'll be just
0: fine. Yeah. And do you think – and then games to look forward to for the Patriots. I look forward to seeing the Patriots play against Josh Allen and the Bills because Josh Allen played the Patriots in the last matchup. And so with Sam Donald with the Jets. But – I think those are the two games I'm looking forward to, but I also look forward to when they have the playoff games. And my Super Bowl 53 projection is when the Patriots play the Saints.
1: Yeah, actually, that's exactly what I had too. I had Patriots and Saints too. But uh, like, obviously, even though I'm rooting for the Patriots, I, I do think the Saints might win that
0: though. Well, you think you're saying you think the Saints will win the uh, Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, that's what my pick is right now. I think. I mean, if they can,
0: that's if they if they
1: have home field advantage at the playoffs, I think they'll get it.
0: I think it's going to be Patriots-Saints-Super Bowl. I think the Patriots will win – will beat the Saints by three points because I think it's going to be a highly competitive game throughout. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, and I think Tom Brady's going to throw a touchdown pass with no time remaining, and then the Patriots win the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, yeah. I hope your prediction's right. Like, I'd definitely love to see that. and It feels like every time the Patriots win the Super Bowl, no matter what, it always comes down to, like, that last play. So, hopefully it's on their side this
0: year. I think it will be because I mean, in the AFC, I mean, there's no good team as good as the Patriots, but I see the Chiefs and the Texans just challenging the Patriots.
1: Yeah, it's, it'll be definitely be tough. I think, uh, I think, I, I think the Patriots probably are more experienced than the two, if I had to say. But yeah, it will to be close.
0: And I and I, have, I also wanted to ask. Um, um, who do you think is going to be a big, bigger threat to the Dodgers in the uh, NL West? Do you think it's going to be the Rockies? It's gonna be the, do you think it's going to be the Rockies, the Giants, or the Diamondbacks? Out of those three, but the Padres.
1: Uh, I'd probably lean towards the Rockies just because I have no idea what the Giants are really doing. Because it's like, I don't know, it feels weird. Like the Giants, all of last year, they were kind of like a decent team. But like, I never really felt like they were a threat. Like I never thought they were going to win the division or even challenge for a wild card. But uh, then the Diamondbacks, maybe they just traded Goldschmidt. They're looking to move on from Granke. I think they're trying to maybe look into a rebuild almost. And then I think it would have to be the Rockies probably. I mean, it was them with the Dodgers for a lot of last year. And uh, the Rockies still have all their core with them. Uh, I don't know if they're going to keep LeMahieu or not. But, uh, I mean, I still think, like, as long as they have Aaron Nadel, Blackman, those guys, they'll be fine. Here's what I think.
0: I think the Rockies still challenge the Dodgers in the NL West. But I also expect the, the Rockies – to reach a long-term deal with Nolan Arenado, because I think DJ LeMahieu is 100% gone from the Rockies. And I think LeMahieu will sign with either the Washington Nationals or the Milwaukee Brewers. But I see the I see the I say the Washington Nationals because I think the Nationals need a second baseman the most, and I think LeMahieu would really fit what they're doing in Washington.
1: No, yeah, he'd be good for that, especially because yeah, I'm assuming Daniel Murphy probably isn't going back there. You know, he's got trade of the Cubs. I don't see him going back there. So yeah. They're definitely in the need for a second baseman.
0: That's what I. That's what I predict there with Lemayhu. That's why I think. Do you agree with what I said? That I think the Rockies will still challenge the Dodgers, but I do expect the Rockies to somehow give a contract extension to Nolan Arenado.
1: No, yeah, that's what I agree too. Yeah, I think the Rockies are their biggest threat, honestly, and yeah, especially for, for with Nolan Raw, they gotta lock him up. He's one of the best third base. What I the... think
0: could, makes me nervous about the Rockies is their starting pitching because. You put Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez at the top of the rotation. that's kind of dangerous right there. But if I had to choose who I think is their ace, be out of the two, that's a tough decision. If it's Freeland or Marquez, who do you think is their ace the Ace of the Rockies, between Freeland and Marquez?:
1: Um I don't know. it's kind of hard. I think I'd maybe lean towards Freeland, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Freeland because, first of all, he's a Denver native. And with Marquez, Marquez is a is kind of like a walker bueller on the on the Rockies because Marquez is a is a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um we'll end this now. So um we'll um we'll talk next week and I'll text you a good time for us to talk.
1: Okay. Right. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.